I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When we're preparing for worship, um, because we use a lectionary, the first step is to look at the readings for the, the particular Sunday that you're planning for and look for themes. And so you build the additional worship materials around the themes from the biblical um, passages that, are, that we reflect on as the main focus of the day. And when I do this planning for the services, I don't overthink it. I just look at the readings fairly quickly and go, oh, that's that theme, that's that theme, and so forth. And um, that guides the, uh, the process for additional liturgical materials. This is certainly what our, um, our musicians do when they're selecting the musical uh, pieces for the Sunday and so on. So we, we look for themes. And today there was a, a, a really strong theme of trusting in God that came through. And so the opening prayers were on the um, on the subject of trust or of faith, and, um, and on we go. And then about Thursday uh, before the Sunday, I start to seriously think about the readings because I'm going to have to say something about it. And that's when the trouble starts because uh, I start to overthink it and then ask questions, and those questions can sometimes be thorny. And uh, so when I started thinking about this theme of trusting in God and the scripture readings where you have Isaiah uh, looking at the Assyrians massing on the border and saying, don't put your trust in Egypt, but trust in God, and, and uh, ultimately God will bring recompense. God will not only visit vengeance upon the nations, but will restore Israel, and will restore Israel in a cosmic way. You will have streams of water, and uh, you know the, 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 the land itself will have this supernatural uh, abundance and peace. And this is what God can do. Um, and there's also that theme of hope and faith coming through the gospel reading with the Syrophoenician woman uh, who dares to approach a Jewish holy man who is ministering to the Jews and ask for a miracle for her daughter. And, uh, and, and her faith and her trust was shown when even when she got the expected response, which is, I'm here for the Jews, not the other folks, uh, and in fact, it wasn't very polite either to say, don't want to throw the children's food to the dogs. That gave her the opening to say, yes, but you do feed your dogs. You feed your dogs with the leftovers. Surely there's a leftover of grace for me and my daughter. And uh, that softens Jesus' heart, and so he heals the daughter. And it's her faith that is the, the tipping point where she didn't just go away. She had faith to approach him in the first place, and she had faith to argue with the holy man himself and broaden the scope of what the holy man came to do. And that's when I start thinking, okay, so we need to have faith in God. If we're, if we're anxious and afraid, if, if things are looking terrible and scary, then what we need to do is have more faith in God. And of course, in the current context, all I can think of is wildfires and COVID. That's been our context of things that have been scary and dangerous. And so it, it, if, if I were to get up here and say we need to have more faith in God, um, there's the little voice in my head that said, really, is that all we need? You know, if you just have faith in God, doesn't that lead us to the path of COVID denialism, for example, where you don't trust in medicine or epidemiology or, or the, the, the scientists that have put their lives, uh, devoted their entire lives to the study of the, this stuff, and instead you just have to have trust in God. So throw off the masks and don't get a vaccine, and God will take care of you. And if God doesn't take care of you, it's because you doubted, so it's really your fault. 
for not having enough faith. What we need to have is enough faith. And this, this is a way of interpreting this material, this biblical material, um, which has a logic to it, but leads you to this place of absurdity where you get so divorced from common sense and reason that, uh, in fact, you've set up uh, an antagonistic relationship with common sense and reason, where to admit that science will help you in dealing with COVID or wildfires is at the same time a, an abandonment of your faith, a betrayal of your religion. And this clearly uh, makes no sense at all. And so where my thinking goes is, okay, so what's the difference? Um, where, where's the problem? Where is the mistake being made if having faith in God doesn't lead ultimately to COVID denialism and just say, well, if the wildfire comes to my house, I'll pray really hard and the fires will part like Daniel in the, in the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So as I thought about this, it, it, it also occurred to me that in the material itself, the biblical material itself, um, the biblical material itself does not suggest that faith in God is a strategy for a long and happy life. So you look at Isaiah himself, and he's talking about how there's recompense coming, and the nations will be destroyed, and Israel will be lifted up. Um, and what happened immediately after Isaiah's prophecies is that Assyria did overrun and conquer Israel. And lots of people died and suffered, um, and, it, and it was not averted. And is that because Israel did not have faith? That's, that's the interpretation that I'm struggling with. Is it, is it their fault for not being faithful enough? That God's immense power could, of course, have saved them, and God chose not to because their faith wasn't strong enough. And that flies in the face of a whole bunch of other biblical material that says even though they're stubborn and stiff-necked and they, they betray the covenant again and again, God forgives them again and again and keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. So I have difficulty with that, that way of interpreting things, and I certainly have difficulty abandoning common sense and reason. I, I do see a, a congruence between faith and reason. And here I'm happy to have James on this very same Sunday, who takes a swing at it from another perspective, which is when you meet someone in need, uh, do you just have a lot of faith and God will meet their needs? Well, no, that's clearly not enough. And in fact, it's, it, it shows that you don't have faith because if you did have faith, you'd do something about it. You would let your faith inform your behavior and you would become the hand of God for these people in need. And so James is very clear that faith without works is dead. So the, uh, the, 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 the conversation about what the role of faith is starts to sharpen here. So if faith is not about um, uh, rescuing people from their problems, or if it's not about uh, providing some kind of insurance against bad things happening to you, because clearly it's demonstrably not, the, the next question that arises is, well, then what's faith good for? if it doesn't actually give you a benefit? Why, why even bother with the whole religious enterprise? And here we, uh, we, we fall into that question, which connects to the decline of religiosity in the West, where it's very clear statistically that as a population gets more prosperous and wealthy and, um, uh, and better taken care of, they fall away from religion. Um, because, as the Bible says, that when, when things go well, you forget your need of God. 
And so you say, well, what, what point is faith? If, it doesn't, if I can get my needs met in other ways, then why would I bother having faith? So for me, the problem within all of this framework is that it's that starting place. It's that we're asking the wrong question from the beginning. That if our question is, how do I live a long, safe, and happy life? The answer is not faith. That's, that's not the answer to that question. That's a different question. A, a long, safe, and happy life is what every living organism strives for. And we all instinctively gravitate towards pleasure and away from pain. And we sometimes compete with each other for scarce resources. And so we create more pain for each other when resources are scarce. And, and that becomes the problem of the human condition, that all of us who are seeking a happy and safe life come in conflict with each other, and we see each other as threats to our happiness and safety, and so ultimately we do violence to each other, and we end up in a world that struggles and strives and is ultimately much more miserable than one that loves and cares for each other. And, and if we interpret our faith as the answer to how to live a long and happy life, we're actually not understanding what the point of faith is. Yes, faith is about trust. Yes, faith is about what God can do, and God is infinite. But the mistake is that we've asked the wrong question about what faith can do for us. So if our only question is, well, how can I have the best life for me, then faith is clearly not the answer. Um, it, not that other strategies are any better. Um, there are lots of problems with every strategy to having a long and happy life, and that creates the problem of the human condition, the problem of sin and evil and violence and strife. So when we start to ask the question of what faith is really about, what trusting God is really about, I, I have to start by saying when we say it's about a long and happy life, we're still focused on the material, and we're still focused on the selfish. We're still saying, how can my material life go as well as possible? And for me, the message of the scriptures is clear that we have to keep looking beyond the material to put ourselves into God's mind rather than ours. We have to get out of our heads and into the mind of God if we're really going to understand what faith is. And faith helps us to change that perspective and to move from this self-centered place to that place that is more universal. And... Um, and here I'm going to do a little sidebar. I'm, I'm very grateful to uh, my dear friend, Bill Musselwhite, if you're watching right now. Hello, Bill. Um, who, and I'm going to quote you, Bill, because you gave this lovely little fable that I'm going to share now about that problem of perspective. And so a good, faithful Christian man was minding his own business, going about his day, steps out on the street, and gets hit by a bus and dies. And so his soul goes up to the cloud where he sees Jesus looking down, and he goes up to Jesus and says, what did I do to deserve that? And Jesus, without looking up, says, nothing, you're totally fine. I've just been trying to get the attention of that bus driver for years. So it's the question of perspective. What's it about? If it's about our earthly life, that's not the point. There's something beyond this earthly life that is, for lack of a better word, about the life of the soul. And that is what faith is about. That's where trusting in God makes all the difference. And it's not a difference that can be measured in, uh, in, in, in 
physical health or in material wealth or in social standing or in any of those things. In fact, we keep hearing over and over again how empty those things are. And if all we're striving for is a long and happy life, ultimately we will be unhappy because those things do not fundamentally satisfy. Only having a soul that is right with God ultimately satisfies who we are because we are not merely physical creatures, we are spiritual creatures. And if we don't understand the spiritual side of who we are and pursue it, then we are doomed to be trapped in that slavery of sin and uh, sadness and despair that is the condition from which we are saved as people of faith. And it's when we move to that other perspective, then these readings start to make sense, that despite the terrible things that may happen on earth, God's recompense is coming not to make people suffer less and have more pleasure, but rather to draw people into their spiritual health and wellness, which is an eternal blessing as opposed to a temporal one. That whatever our journey is beyond this life, what is being done for us is for our own good, including the sufferings that we experience in this life. And that doesn't at all... um, eliminate the need to be prudent and responsible with our choices. And so James focuses on being prudent and responsible with our moral choices as well as with our practical choices. The, uh, and, and the final point is, that, because the point of my, my thoughts today is the difference between what faith is supposed to be about and what it isn't. It's clearly not about a long and happy life. It's clearly about the, the growth and maturity of the soul as we go through this journey of a life. And yes, the happinesses, the happinesses are blessings from God, and God is not divorced from material reality, but participates in it. Yes, all that's true. But the point is not to use faith as a strategy for material gain. That's the mistake. And so the final sort of a case study that I want to suggest to you in terms of understanding what the point of faith is and what the point of faith isn't is when people face the end of their life. Usually something gets us. Uh, cancer, heart attack, we're in a wealthy country, so the, those, those medical conditions seem to be what gets us at the end. And so then what good is your faith at the end of your life is, becomes the question. And this materialistic way of thinking about faith says, well, if you pray really hard, then the cancer will disappear and you will live forever because that's what faith is for. Um, And yet there's a whole other understanding which becomes really clear in palliative care that the purpose of faith is to accept your own mortality because there are people who die well and there are people who die poorly. Those people that are clinging on to life and desperately praying for uh, a release from their ailment or their illness or a release from the the reality of death um, end up dying with their hearts in such a knot that they, they, they do damage to their relationships on their way out and leave complex grief for those they love when they leave them behind. Those who accept their mortality and actually have the faith to trust that even dying is part of God's plan and purpose and that God can be present and active and very near to us even in that final journey, those people die well. They die beautifully, peacefully. They die in a way that is a gift to those around them. And so the, 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 the God's recompense, God's, God's uh, cosmic redemption is manifested in the spirits of those 
with whom they are in contact. So my thoughts today are not to get, uh, not, not, to, not to have tunnel vision. When we think about the benefits of faith, when we think about what it means to have faith in the, st- in the face of adversity, when we need to take heart and have courage in the face of, of things that frighten us, um, it's the, the courage that we must have is the courage that God is with us in everything, regardless of the physical outcome. We can, we do, we are injured, we suffer, we, uh, we ultimately die. And the real question is, what's the point of all that? Um, and, and I believe the answer is that the point is there's some bigger reality in which we are already participating, but which carries on far beyond our earthly life, which is the most important thing. And the relationship with God is what, what shepherds us through that journey, which ultimately stands us in far better stead than any earthly benefit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.